powerful and intriguing tips and tricks for speakers by speakers. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Meredith Elliott Powell a business strategist who, in her highly engaging keynote speaking sessions, shows her audiences how to attract more business, retain top talent, and leap into position to win in this new economy. She's also the author of four books, including Winning in the Trust and Value Economy, and her latest, Own It! Redefining Responsibility, Stories of Power, Freedom, and Purpose. Let's get started. So, uh, Meredith, in one sentence, what do you speak about? I speak about how to succeed and giving my clients the strategies and techniques they need, no matter what this economy does. Well, that's succinct and sounds powerful to me. (laughs) (laughs) How did you end up being in the business of being a speaker? You know, it's so interesting. I, I think very few people ever wake up and decide that they... They want to be a speaker, but I started out my business as a business growth strategist, really working in the areas of sales and, uh, and leadership and, and writing and designing strategies for companies. And I just had a lot of luck. I, the companies I worked with did very well. And somebody would say, would you come talk to our group about what you're doing and how you did it? And one thing kind of led to another until finally somebody said, did you know that speaking is a profession? And then 2008 happened, and that was all she wrote for me. That's when the things really took off. Wow, that's uh, an exciting path, it sounds like you've been on. And now I know you share a lot with folks. But as you look back, Meredith, um, what would you say you know now that you wish you knew when you got started? What a great question. I wish that I had known when I got started that, um, that first of all, how important um, community and connection is, that whether you do what I do for a living or whatever any of your listeners um, do, you know, whether they're the traditional keynoters or the trainers or the facilitators, but how important community is, that the path is going to be so much easier if you have other people to talk with, if you have other people to, to refer um, business with. The other thing I wish that I'd known is there isn't one way to do this. There's a, different, there's a number of different uh, business models and everybody has a path and it's okay to figure out what you want to do and, and, and do a way that works, you know, that really works for you. That I appreciate actually the, the need for community and connection and that we all have a different path. That's fascinating. And I, I think that's wise words for our listeners. One of the key things that, that speakers do that really sets them apart, Meredith, is they tell stories. And so mm-hmm. how do you develop a key story that, that you may use across multiple presentations? Yeah, what what good timing to ask me that because I'm on my way to a uh, to a presentation now, and I was thinking about, you know, which stories I was going to use tomorrow. I mean, I, I keep I keep a, a a log of stories, and the reason I keep a log of stories is because one of the important things to do as a speaker is just to be aware. Stories happen all around you all the time. They're on the news, they happen in your personal life, they'll happen when you're working with a client. And so the ideas um, are happening 
all the time around you. And then development of a story, because I don't think it's enough to have a story. I think a story really has to resonate. So it's got to be a story that really connects to the audience. If I think any time I've ever misfired on stage, I've told an amazing story, but nobody in my audience can relate to it. And, and, and relating to a story is almost better than the story being really good. But once you master re really connecting the story to the audience, something that they care about, you've got to put the story into the audience. They've got to feel like they're a part of it and they've got to feel like it's happening as much to them as it is happening to you. And last thing I'm going to say to that is, is that then beyond that, it's the craft, it's developing the characters and things like that. Well, that last part actually sounds interesting, but I want to come to the second part, which is how do you ensure your presentations then are relevant to your audience, that they will connect? What, what do you do? Because you may use that story with different audiences, I assume. What do you do to mm -hmm. ensure that it will be relevant to that audience that you're speaking to? I think one of the most important things that you um, can do is interview um, people that are representative of the audience that you're going to be speaking to. And I've even gone beyond that uh, this last year in 2017. I used to just ask to speak to maybe six or eight people. But now I've taken it beyond that and I've asked the meeting planner and or the um, you know head of the corporation, whoever's hiring me, would you mind if I did a three question survey to, um, you know, to some of, some of the participants, a large, more like, you know, if I'm speaking to a 600 um, audience, I want to send it to all 600 and I hope that I get a hundred or 150 back. And the questions I ask are simply tell me the biggest challenges you're experiencing um, right now. What are some of the biggest opportunities that you see? And if you had one piece of advice, you know, if you had one piece of advice for this company, your association, your industry to improve, what would that be? And when I read those and when I interview people, I can start to get inside the mind of my audience. One of the questions I always ask when I'm doing an interview is if I'm talking to the meeting planner, I'm talking to somebody who's going to be there, I always say, I'm sitting in that office, audience, tell me what's going through my head both personally and professionally. That's brilliant. I love the way you phrase that and the fact you're doing a survey. The, um, you know, the one recommendation that they would make, uh, <laughs> that's powerful. Uh, actually, that's the sort of thing I like to do even here. But I want to ask one quick question for speakers who are listeners, mm -hmm. who some may be keynotes, some are uh, doing workshops, breakout sessions, webinars. Do you ever suggest that speakers speak for free? We're obviously in the business to make money at speaking, but do you ever suggest we speak for free? And if so, why and when? You know, well, first of all, the most important time to speak for free is when you're starting out. Um, you've got you've to figure stuff out. You've got you've to try an audience. You've got to see what works. So I think that's um, really important. I think it's good to speak for free um, or reduce fee if you're trying new material. I do that a lot. I'll, you know, I'll have somebody who's local in my community and I don't necessarily speak for free, but I'll speak at a reduced fee because I want to try some, you know, some new stories out, maybe, um, you know, maybe some new material um, out. Then there are speakers out there who are really speaking to get the consulting or to get the training. 
And, you know, and that's probably, uh, you know, that's probably a position for them. I'm kind of back to there really is, you know, it's an individual path. Don't let anybody ever tell you you have to speak for free and don't let anybody tell you you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you, you phrase it. That's that's wise. Yeah. So let me go back to the question you ask in your surveys of the sort of the one recommendation. As we start to wrap up here, uh, Meredith, what is there sort of the one thing you would recommend, a secret tip or trick to speakers to help improve their speaking business or how they speak in, in general? Yeah, you know, really, I'd, I'd like to give you two quick ones. And the first one is where I started this interview, and that is build community. You've got to go out and find people to, um, to work with, to get ideas from, to run stories by, and don't be afraid to do that. Um, and then the, um, the second is that you've got to, you've really got to work on your craft. The thing I love about speaking is you never master it. You never get good enough um, uh, at it. And it's something you have to be out there doing all the time. Number of, of dates on the stage is, you know, directly proportional to how good you are as a speaker. Well, that's wonderful. And, and now that you said that, I actually, I see a book now coming out from you called The Three C's, Community, <laughs> Connection, and Craft. Oh, so, there I you love go. it. <laughs> great idea. Yeah. Well, Meredith, this has been great. Thank you very much. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about how to tailor your message to your audience. Most keynote speakers limit their playlist to just a few core speeches that they give to many audiences across the years and miles. But just because it's the same speech doesn't mean that it has to be a carbon copy of your last performance. One of the most connective and meaningful things you can do for your next audience is to do a little research and make minor changes to your speech. Ask for an interview, you'll almost always get it, with a representative of your audience. Bop around the client's website or in some online forums. Learn their language, the pains, and some examples you can work in. You can do this in real time by finding a creative way to interact with the audience. The simplest way is to ask a probing question or for a brainstorm of ideas. You'll soon be seen as one of them, providing custom input that really isn't so different from every other speech you have given. A little work goes a long way. Do your research and make your canned speech a custom jewel that connects with your audience. I'm Alan Hoffler. And this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. Well, I do follow a consistent formula in how I put these podcasts together. I try to be sure you benefit from the unique insights and experiences each speaker offers. Now, our next Key 5 podcast will actually be the last one of Season 2, where I'll be interviewing Jay Izzo, an author, speaker, consumer analyst, and psychological business consultant who's known as the Internet Doctor. And yes, that's his registered trademark. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number 5, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to keyfipodcast.com.
Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.